motorboat comes by with two Coast Guard members. And they ask the man if he needs help getting to dry land. The man says, I'll be fine. God will provide for me. Go help somebody who needs it. I am protected. Members of the Coast Guard say okay, and they go about their way. Another hour later, the water has completely covered the second floor and is halfway through the attic. It will be to the roof soon. A helicopter comes by. The pilot drops down a rope ladder and says, Climb aboard. We'll get you to safety, to dry land. And the man says, Go, help someone who needs it. I know that God will provide for me. The pilot says, Are you sure? The water is going to be to you soon. I will be fine. God will provide for me. Okay. The helicopter flies away. 20 minutes later, the water has completely covered the man's house. He's drowned and he's dead. He wakes up at the pearly gates. St. Peter is waiting for him. And he welcomes him into heaven. He says, I'm not going into heaven. I want to speak to God first. I waited for hours for God to provide for me. and He never showed. I'm not going through those gates until he comes here and explains himself. St. Peter says, all right. Make demands of an angel, sure. So he goes and gets God and God comes and says, my child, welcome home. I understand you have a complaint or a concern and the man says, I believed in you my whole life. I knew that you would provide for me. And you left me sitting on the roof of my house as my entire town was destroyed. Why didn't you help me, God? God looks at his child lovingly and says, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more did you want? Mother. <laughs> All right. Cool. We get to edit that out. <laughs> oh, can I not curse on this? <laughs> no, you can't curse on <laughs> Do you know how radio works? Do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, make sure you take that out. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, welcome to Implied Company's Lion's Den. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Sam Lyons, and this foul mouth son of a gun sitting next to me is my good friend, fellow comic and new roommate, Brendan Olson. Hey. hey Brendan, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to start off uh, today's episode with a bit of a heartwarming story about about faith and, and belief and believing in something greater than yourself. Uh, the, the, the point of that story is supposed to be that uh, you know God shows himself in mysterious ways, but I, I think the actual lesson we get from it is that guy was an idiot. Uh, not as big an idiot as whoever greenlit the movie that Brendan had. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, okay, first off... It was a masterpiece, all right? Well, okay, listen. So <laughs> me and Brent were sitting here in our, uh, our luxurious uh, two-bedroom apartment right off Cherokee Street. It's a uh, castle. It is. It's a kingdom, man. Uh, and we were, we were just kind of scrolling through Netflix. And how do we, how do we even get to this? Uh, you were talking about a remake of some Netflix. Is oh, yeah, some I was movie. talking about how Netflix is remaking Watership Down. Which is apparently a movie about... Pirate rabbits? No, no, no. It's just rabbits. It's just, oh, just regular rabbits. Okay, yeah. sure. And that need to find... Yeah, they have to, like, find a new home. Okay. And then just, like, a bunch of them get killed by dogs. Sure, and sure. Naturally. Other rabbits, uh -huh. I think. Yeah, no, that's part of it. Are rabbits predatory? Like, do they... Uh, they are in this movie. Man. Yeah. So, it's called Watership Down? Yeah. And so I was looking... I was hoping to find the original... Uh, on Netflix, uh, we did find Watership Down. What we did find <laughs> was one of the Sci-Fi Channel's newer classics, uh, *Oceans Rising*, premiered in February of 2017. Yeah, it's that, bad. That's, that's what we did with our morning. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> the uh, it's the only productive thing we've done today. Uh, so let's I don't know. Let's kind of just talk about 
how this movie spoiler alerts are sure oh, to arise. Yeah, uh, the so, so if you haven't seen the cinematic classic Oceans Rising, go ahead and, and change the station right. if you're listening to this live. Uh, go watch this movie right now. Uh, so Oceans Rising. <laughs> It starts out – first off, it started, and I thought that it was uh, a foreign film because – Right. No, it starts off in, like, Chinese, but it was just, like, a weird – like, one of the corny – So they do, like, a montage of different right. newscasts. Uh, first in uh, uh, Mandarin, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Chinese is an actual language, you uncultured – so I don't know. It might be. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are different dialects. There are different dialects, yeah. yeah. But uh, so it starts out in Mandarin, and then it goes to a French broadcast, and then... Next you're going to tell me Mexican isn't a language. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and it's just these different newscasts of different natural disasters, and we get to the uh, the headquarters of some yeah, weather yeah. agency that I'm not sure is real. So, like... I mean, the characters in this movie, like, it starts off with just all white people. Just all, everybody in that room was white, wasn't they? It was real white. It was really, yeah. It's really white on the sci-fi channel. Yeah. The president was a woman, though, so, you An know. unnamed woman. <laughs> Her name was president. And that in, was... The, in the credits, they never even, like, <laughs> uh, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, if the president comes on to, like, a newscast, or, like, a newscast or any kind of conference call, I'm pretty sure something that says, please hold for president in right. the president's name, uh, but that didn't happen. No, she was just using her Skype. She was just... she wasn't, it wasn't even, like, an official <laughs> broadcast. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, so, so we get to, like, the headquarters of this national weather agency and this guy comes in I don't, and so this guy comes he's running through the halls of this agency oh, I, holding a baby you forgot about the baby I totally forgot about this so, part <laughs> so he's running through the halls you're Pam Pam has anybody seen Pam he's just looking for Pam and uh, he shows up at this guy's desk uh, Josh and Joshua Josh the first half of the movie he was Josh <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> He he asks if he's seen Pam. Josh, I don't know where she is. She's we have a meeting in three minutes. The Secretary of Energy, which I don't think is a real position in the presidential cabinet. It might be. It's not in the presidential cabinet because the Secretary of Energy has to introduce himself to the president. Oh yeah, that's right. So he asked, so he asked Josh. Uh, I'm assuming they know each other because he asked Josh to hold this baby that oh. we're, we're not even sure if it's his. I I don't know who that baby belongs to. And he, did we ever see him? Yeah, we see he comes back to get the baby. Is he in, yeah, so he, he says, Josh, be a person for one minute <laughs> and that and hold this baby. Like that's so that's how we find out that Josh is a little bit Oh, I guess that I guess that whole thing pays off at the end. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh so Josh is, is holding the baby and he's talking to the baby about all the atmospheric changes that are <laughs> oh. happening. The ice caps are melting, the ozone layer is collapsing. It's been a total bummer. Talking about how we're gonna all project into space and then be dead. Yeah, he literally says we're all gonna die. And then Pam shows up and says, You can't tell a baby we're gonna die, Josh and Josh says, Yes I can. Yeah, I mean which, I mean, he can, right. really. I mean, but he did, so... Yeah, like, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. But um, it, that's probably the best person to tell we're going to die. Yeah, you know, actually. Because they're young enough that they're not going to actively register what you're saying. But in, in their subconscious, the idea will be formed. And then it'll probably be easier... For them to accept To die when the first person in their life sure. does die. 
Uh, it's inevitable. I think it's pretty safe to assume that baby does die in the movie, though. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Pam takes the baby from Josh and holds it for four seconds, and then the first guy shows up and says, oh, thanks, Pam, and takes the baby right. back. <laughs> says, come on, we've got a meeting. Uh, and then just disappears with the baby. Yeah, no, he's taking his baby to the meeting with the president. Yeah, because you know how much presidents... Love babies? Sure. Uh, that's only during campaign season, though. And <laughs> so Josh and Pam start having this heated argument because Josh has all these different thoughts about uh, where some of these words that were used. Uh, the so he, he's worried about the Timblers in the magnetosphere. The, the the Timblers in the magnetosphere. Which oh, nice try, sci-fi. Like you can't just. <laughs> I'm sure those words mean something, but I'm positive they don't mean anything related to right what's going on and so and so he he's talking about that they need to like die, like can, like concentrate some kind of laser energy and shoot it at the earth's core so they need to recharge the earth's core and the magnetosphere uh, they wanted to create two separate black holes on the opposite ends of the earth right to jumpstart the rotation of the magma liquid inside the Earth's core. Now that nice idea, job, nerd. That no, that was introduced. That idea was introduced to us through exposition while he was holding the baby. What does exposition mean? Exposition is like uh, it's just like when a movie has a character talking to introduce new ideas to you. Oh, right? okay, I like that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So they expose exposite. Yeah. Yeah. They, sure. do, they do some expeditioning. Yes. Exposition. And, they uh, expedite that information. And so, they, they, and so he, he, Josh demands the opportunity to tell the Secretary of Ener- se- quotes Secretary of Energy this information. <laughs> and Pam says, you can't do that, Josh. You're, you're so smart. You're so brilliant. I knew when I hired you it would be worth if you filed a Title VII against me. <laughs> Sexual harassment in the workplace is not a laughing matter. Yeah, no, that's not Cheap funny. shot sci-fi channel. You can't joke about that. You can't joke about that, all right? God. Oh, and, uh, but she's basically, she doesn't believe him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, she patronizes him by telling him how smart he is, mm-hmm. but that if he if he's really concerned about the magnetosphere and the timblers, that he should write an article and, and let people mm-hmm. re- write a journal article. Listen, it, like, he doesn't have time to do that no yeah uh throughout this conversation there's also like three minor like earthquake quick tremors oh, that just yeah. happened yeah there were just like there were just earthquakes going and on. everyone's just I don't, I don't care if you live in sunny california <laughs> and you see like you see earthquakes once a year you don't just shrug off like any kind of tremor they even like said later on they were like the nearest fault is a hundred miles away well, that was in the, when it gets Galveston later. Oh, was it? I think so. I'm We're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to skip any well, plot no, 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 this masterpiece. Right. Uh, so she says, "I right." Oh, oh, and then we find out uh, that they, that Josh and, and Pam are married. Oh yes, spoilers. Uh, and or, trying to uh, trying to do in vitro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just found out that her last uh, which Josh treatment... is apparently not involved in that yeah. at all. So they find out that her last treatment didn't take. Uh, she lost the eggs, and Josh says maybe that's for the best. <laughs> he, I'm he... not. I'm not the best with women. That's okay. They're having this conversation at work, literally a minute before she has to meet with the president. Like this is an emotional conversation. I don't. To be fair, I don't think she knew the president was going to be. Oh. She thought it was just going to be the well, yeah, Secretary of Energy. It's still, like a big work meeting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. The, well, you know, it's her story. 
Brendan, and she uh, gets to tell him when she's ready. Okay. And <laughs> all right, uh, and so. So, yeah, so he says, maybe that's for the best. The world needs us right now. And then she says, I need you, Josh. <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> she says, do you hear me? Says, yeah, I hear you. Oh, you want me to keep my mouth shut? She's basically saying, like, you're not going to – don't talk about the magnetosphere. Just come in. Yeah. So uh, out of nowhere, then Josh is invited to the meeting. Oh, yeah, he's just in the meeting. Now. Yeah. Uh, so, we, so we get into the meeting, and there's all these other unnamed political officials – and they start this uh, web conference, and the president comes on live from Camp David uh, and kind of just comes onto the screen, like, handing a coffee mug uh, to her aide. She's – and this president doesn't want to be in this meeting. Definitely she's, doesn't. She's real sassy about it. Is like, it, real in control. Is it possible she was vice president and, like, the president died during one of these weather emergencies? Uh, I mean, at this point – I don't. I don't think that's a viable. I. I. Yeah. So. Um, she wants, I she, could see that. She sits down and says, "What the hell happened? And why were we caught with our pants down?" Whoa! <laughs> listen, Madam President. All okay. right. First off, we're already talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. All, All right. right. Nobody's pants are down. Okay. But surprise. Have you have you seen Day After Tomorrow? <laughs> right. Natural disasters happen. Have you seen Armageddon? Have you seen Deep, Deep Impact? Like we're at a point at this time when like. Geostorm. Geostorm's just like, is that a movie? Yeah, it just came out. All right, we're going to watch that next. It was actually, I so I watched it at work. Okay. Geostorm, <laughs> not good, not a good movie. Sure. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Was it, better, was it better than Ocean's Rising? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Pam, who is associate director or something or another, starts talking about... The magnetosphere again, which I still don't think is a, like my notes app recognizes it, but I still don't think it's a word. Uh, I, I didn't learn that in third grade. Yeah, and so <laughs> she's talking about the uh, the sunspots. There's there's sunspots that are heating up the solar flares and the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, and uh, and that's what's causing all these uh, freak weather activities. And then she says, uh, "My colleague and husband." Joshua can tell you more about what's going on. And then she lets Josh get on. Yeah, her concerns about his uh, his previous lack of tact totally out the window. Right. She's, and here, go ahead, talk to the president. This and, is fine. And then he immediately says, I want to make two black holes <laughs> to reheat the Earth's core. This is The president's reaction is the most realistic thing in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, no. We're not, we're not doing that. And then uh, Dr. Zakree comes on oh, yeah. uh, from CERN, uh, which let's see if CERN is a real real like organization. It is. It is? Yeah, it is. What does it stand for? They don't once say, oh, the CERN Hadron Collider is yeah. real. Okay. Uh, the European Organization for Nuclear Research, known as CERN, which I understand why he gets to be on this web call with the president. I mean, he's real smart and sexy. That's the point. He was a good-looking guy. Yeah. The uh, hottest scientist I've ever seen. Josh wasn't too heavy on the eyes either. No. That's who I was talking about, Josh. Oh, I thought we were talking about Dr. Zakri. Oh, no. Dr. Zakri looked like a rat. Well, listen. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, she, so, in the hallway, she tells... She, she's already expressed concern, at like you said, she about Josh's lack of tact. Uh, and... So that she wants him to keep his mouth shut, and then she gives him the camera, and he immediately starts talking about all the things she didn't want him to talk about. The president freaks out, 
Uh, all the supervisors freak out. Josh gets kicked out of the meeting. Yeah. Josh and Pam go out to the hallway and they start arguing about what he's just done. And then there's like another huge tremor and like three desks get turned sideways, which set this up for the rest of the movie. Every time there's like an earthquake or a tremor sh- scene, they just they just shook the camera. <laughs> the camera, like, oh. This camera just waves around. Like nothing in the room or the nothing else moves. It's just the camera shaking around. And uh, he gives up his ID badge and then walks out. Uh, and then, then the movie cuts three years. Cuts, cut. Well, cuts to the next scene is a bunch of people running down a like a street that's been barriered off, and they're running away from a tsunami that they're clearly not going to escape. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Just give up? Well, at I'm, some point, I don't run for anything. Uh, and now I never ran for nothing. <laughs> uh, and then shout out Vince Staples. Uh, <laughs> and then it cuts to Pam, who is apparently director now of this organization but still has the same sloppy desk and it says three years later so it just cuts to three years later so and he, everything that Josh said was going to happen is happening big so surprise three years went by he totally had time to publish that paper yeah <laughs> he could, it probably would have done more good if he just published the paper and so she's watching this uh, this news story about this uh, this massive tsunami that happened this afternoon that follows a 9.3 earthquake from this morning. I thought uh, it was 7.1. No, this one was 9.3. Oh. Uh, was there a 7.1? There was a 7.1 oh. later. Well, look, with so many uh, fascinating storylines in this That's, movie. How can you be expected there, to keep There's up? a lot of concepts here. Yeah, a lot to be uh, digested. And she gets a phone call, which she tells so she looks towards the phone. <laughs> and then a half second later, the phone rings. and so, You know... If that happens. They they couldn't reshoot that scene even one time. And so uh, she answers the phone. The guy starts talking. And she opens a drawer and takes out the remote. Which means that every day Pam comes into her office. She takes out the remote. She turns on the TV and then puts the remote back in the drawer for safekeeping. Of course. I don't know why that bothered me. You don't want to lose it. Sure. Uh, and apparently is it Bangladesh is now mm-hmm. under. So, so she answers the phone. Hello? Bangladesh? <laughs> it's completely underwater? It's two separate sentences. Well, that's not... What about the North Pole? And, uh... <laughs> Doesn't she... She pulls up the tracker, and it's like a computer program, like, tracking the North Pole that's just flying across the screen. North like, Pole's just moving towards, like, Argentina or it, something. It looks like the Santa tracker that they have on the website on Christmas Yeah, Eve. yeah, the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, and so she's okay, thanks. Hangs up and then calls another number. Says, Book me a flight to Galveston. Now, I don't, I, I, I know the world is ending and the airports have been shut down. Charter it. I'm wheels up in 90 minutes. Listen, you don't get to just say your wheels up. Right. When someone else has to book the flight. Like, if, if he can't book the flight for you, you're just going to. What are you going to do? Get a hang glider? I don't. <laughs> And so then she just goes to Gal. The director of the weather organization goes to Galveston. Just goes to Galveston while the world is falling apart to see her estranged husband. Uh, break to Galveston. Uh, she pulls up to the shipyard. We see Josh looking rugged as ever. Joshua. Joshua. He's still yeah. He's Joshua now. <laughs> you moved to Texas. You got to change a little bit of your identity. You right? could be Joshua now. Yeah, that's one of the requirements. Uh, I was Samuel when I lived in Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, and so Joshua is carrying these boxes that are 
like very very clearly empty obviously empty and like I, I understand that's a thing and like when you're shooting scenes like coffee cups don't actually have coffee in them he didn't get paid enough to move actual boxes with stuff in them I believe I couldn't find the budget for this movie I looked for the budget and I couldn't find it anywhere uh and so he's just carrying these empty boxes out of this um, shipping container and just putting them next to the dock of this little dingy little boat. It's like this boat is like a 1980s, like what it's it's what what's the best word? It's like a yacht. It's like a little mini yacht. Uh, I think those boats are called like sewers or something. I'm it's no. definitely not a yacht. Um, it's like it's like a two story boat. It's a it's a to have had three years to claim he knew this was gonna happen, it's a very pathetic boat. Oh it looks it looks like garbage. And also he keeps claiming that he built it, or at least other yeah. people do. No, yeah, he keep, yeah, he keeps saying that he built a boat. He like, <laughs> like It was manufactured. Yeah, there's no way anyway, so she uh she parks her car and gets out. And they just, uh, he looks at her and says, I thought you were going to call. I did. You never called me back. I've been a little busy. Got my hands full of empty boxes. Literally has hands He says, clearly, you've had your hands full, too. But of what? She's not holding anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, I don't have time to walk. If you want to walk down memory lane, I'm a little busy. If you want to help me with these boxes, that would be great. And then he gets on the boat and says, are you coming? (laughs) I've got work to do. And, <laughs> and like, there's still a lot of boxes to move on the yeah. boat. There's, like, 50 boxes. Uh, and apparently they're all full of uh, savory stroganoff Yeah, that's it. MREs. It's just a bunch of uh, meals ready to eat, and they're all stroganoff. That's Which, all. Also, if you've had three years to prepare for this end of the world, you've had time to find something other than stroganoff. Nobody wants freeze-dried stroganoff, Okay. I don't know why. I've never had stroganoff. I should probably stop being so mean to it. I mean, it's it's pretty good, but I think like MRE version of stroganoff, probably not so much. Definitely not. Just, I mean, you could have gotten some ramen. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and so she's saying that she's back because the world needs his help. Mm-hmm. I tried to help the world, and they, 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 they turned on me. You like you left like you like nobody fired you. We never saw that happen. Like you were probably gonna get like a slap on the wrist, but you weren't gonna get fired. You just walked out. Uh, and the, in the middle of this conversation, she looks and sees this huge wave coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says Josh, a tidal wave. Get in the car. <laughs> and he says. And that will never survive. Get on the, the boat. boat. You've got 60 seconds. Which apparently, he can just look at a wave and tell how long before it hits the dock. As one does. Uh, and and I'll, what is it? Uh, I'll untie the ropes. You just close that open hatch. He says, what about the boxes? Don't worry. They're all empty. He doesn't say that. But they might as well <laughs> they basically. Uh, so he left all the stroking off behind. And then the next scene is him just underwater. Like cutting the ropes to the boat, and you, like you can see in the background that he's in a pool. Like you can he's see very... the like concrete sides of the pool. Which I'm not saying I'm surprised that sci-fi's like well, no. graphics are like this, but like it's like they didn't even so they don't even try. Put some effort into it. Figure it out. Lie to us at least. <laughs> uh, and so she gets on the boat and she's getting tossed around. Like she's down in. Uh, well, by that we mean they're shaking the camera. They're shaking the camera. She's, and she's flailing back and forth. Uh, 
she's under under deck. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that? She's in the cabin there. Yeah. She's in the cabin. Thank you, uh, yeah. Captain. Uh, <laughs> Brennan has a, a boating license. <laughs> I do. It's well, expired. expired. Uh, this is St. Louis, so it doesn't matter too much, probably. Uh, and so she's just like getting shaken around. She hits her head on the wall like four separate times. Like she definitely should have been concussed. Oh, and probably yeah. Dead. Right. Uh, those are not cabins are not comfortable. And then she just runs above deck, and, and the boat's just being tossed around the Gulf of Mexico. And she's, Josh! Josh! And then he just, like, pops his head above water, mm-hmm. and the waves have just stopped. Yeah. And they're, like, they're like in the middle of the ocean now. There is uh, yeah. no, like, it's, like, 30 seconds movie time, or 30 seconds time in the movie has gone by. Yeah. And... There's there's no land to be seen anywhere. Yeah, and so uh, she pulls him above. And he says, "Did you save any of the stroganoff?" <laughs> uh, and uh, what? Oh, he says something. He's like, uh, "I'm glad I'm here with you." And he says, "I didn't have time to think about my options." Like, yo, dude. <laughs> and she keeps and she keeps trying to like kiss him. And he just keeps refusing. <laughs> he, he does the the super manly head kiss. Head grab, he, he grabs, grabs her, her by the head. And just softly mm-hmm. kiss her forehead. Uh, and then they go about their day. What are we going to do now? We're going to sail to Boulder. <laughs> no, you're not. Which they never do. Yeah, that's the last time. It's the one and only time they ever mentioned Boulder. We assume they mean Colorado. Uh, and she says, we can't go to Boulder. People need our help. He says, fine, play Coast Guard. We'll help who we can and get them onto the boat. And this is like a montage. Of them rescuing Like people? ten people. Uh, this is this young mother uh, of, of Hispanic descent and her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, 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 He pulls them on board and she says, if you had not come for us just then, I don't know what would have happened. You would have drowned. drowned. That's 100%. <laughs> It was pretty obvious what was going to happen. Uh, they they come was... across some black guy, uh, and he, they say, "Come aboard." Oh, he he's says, he's in his little dinghy. Yeah, yeah, a little like life raft. And he says, "Where are you going?" <laughs> like, like he's got options. I don't know yet. You got food? Oh, dude. oh okay, yeah. no, no, no. Okay, okay, all right. So he says, "You got food?" <laughs> and Josh Joshua says, "Some." All right, I'll come. And then, uh, he loves it. And then they get to this. Uh, there's this old guy sitting on the rocks, and so Josh throws him a lifesaver. Not says, the candy, like an actual life. Like the like the actual life standard lifesaver, and says, uh, "Get into the life preserver." The old man says, "What?" And Josh points at the life preserver sitting right by the guy's feet and says, "The life preserver, get into it." This is a four minute scene. Of this happening. I, I can't hear you. Put your feet through the li- I'm hard of hearing. And so then Josh just takes off his shirt and gets in the water. And listen, I'm sorry. I'm all about helping your fellow man. I'm all about that. But in the apocalypse, when tidal waves and tsunamis are coming left and right, if, if someone can't figure out to just – like if he doesn't know what a life preserver is for, he's, his quality of life isn't going to be very good. Social Darwinism has to take effect at some point. If if you're on a rock and somebody pulls up to you, if you're stranded on a rock and somebody pulls up to you with a boat and throws a floating device out to you, I think... And then he said, God will provide for me. Go help someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd make it work. Hey, uh, You're killing it. And so, so 
the old guy, like, he, he swims out to these rocks and puts the old guy in the life preserver and brings him back. And so now um, we're on this boat, and there's, like, 13 uh, people on it. And this is where things get interesting. This is only, like, 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> How long was this movie? This is an hour and 20 minutes uh, of our lives gone. Uh, and right, so hey, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the sponsors of the Lions Inn uh, and Impolite Company. Okay. Uh, first off, we've got uh, Crow's Nest, located at seventy three thirty six Manchester, right in the heart of historic Maplewood. Uh, amazing, it's such a great bar, fantastic bar. Uh, we were both very familiar uh, with the Crow's Nest, uh, most primarily because there's a fantastic open mic that happens there every week yeah. uh, called Wild Card Company. Wildcard Comedy. Wildcard Shut Comedy. Shut up. This is Implite Comedy, hosted by Wild... No. Wildcard Com- Comedy is a weekly uh, interactive open mic hosted by Chris Sear, uh, the, the big kahuna here at Implite Company, mm-hmm. uh, and also JC uh, Sabala, yeah. local comedian, very funny. Uh, but Crow's Nest doesn't just have comedy. They're open seven days a week. You can go in there any day of the week, uh, get fantastic... Cocktails. They have a great bar staff. They have an awesome kitchen. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays, they do the metal brunch. Ooh. Uh, you ever had the metal brunch? I've never had the metal. You brunch. You want to go uh, get metal brunch next uh, uh, next weekend? Yes. All right, we're gonna go get metal brunch next weekend. Uh, they they've got great waffles, uh, scrambled eggs, all, all kinds of eggs, uh, sausages, delicious breakfast. Uh, it's, just, it's just a cool place. It's such a cool. Bar uh, inside, they've got an awesome patio uh, out back. Probably still a lot of fun, even when it's a little cold out right now. Go check out uh, the Crow's Nest. Very lucky to have them as a sponsor. Uh, We've also got, uh, hey, Brendan, do you like the circus? I love the circus. Have you ever been to a circus made out of tacos? What? There's a circus made out of tacos? That's right, Brendan. It's called Taco Circus. Located Whoa! at 4258 Schiller, at the corner of Schiller and Morgan Ford, just, uh, just, just right by uh, the Bevo Mill. Oh, my God. In South City. You can you go to Taco Circus. It's not actually like made out of tacos. Like It's oh. a it's a brick-and-mortar building. I don't know if there's mortar. What, you, what, it, do, uh, do they have like a tent? There's no tent. There's no tent. There's no tent, but there is, uh, there is delicious Austin, Texas-style Mexican food. Uh, located right here in South St. Louis. And we know how much Sam loves Texas. I do. I do love Texas. And I love Taco Circus. Uh, you can go there Wednesday through Monday Oh. Uh, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, man. You can call ahead and place your order. You can show up and order right there. They offer catering options. Uh, taco Circus. It's a taco. It's a circus. It's Taco Circus. Love, we even practice that. <laughs> Uh, and, and last but not least, we have the Fortune Teller Bar over at 2635 Cherokee, right in the center of the Cherokee Business District, a taco store away uh, from our apartment. Yes. Right here. You can stroll down there. They have, they have fantastic uh, cocktails with in-house bitters. Uh, you can get delicious uh, snacks, artisanal sausage from The Cut. Uh, I, local I love restaurant. artisanal sausage. You, nothing Brendan loves. On the roommate application, I said, do you like artisanal sausage? He had to check yes. Uh, you can you can go right in there and order. And you can get your fortune told. Oh, really? Yeah. It's I called, didn't know yeah, that. It's the fortune teller bar. Well, I would have never yeah, it's not a misnomer. I didn't see it coming. Uh, they've got tarot card readings, palm readings, tea leaves. Nice. Uh, they do it all so you can go in, you can get yourself a drink, uh, you can step into the booth if you're fortune told, and then you can just you can just sit. And it's such a, it's a cool atmosphere. I'm, we're uh, going to go do that, too. Yeah, dude. We're going to hit up Fortune Teller Bar. We're going to hit up Taco Circus, Crow's Nest, oh, all yeah. in one day. Uh, but yeah, it's Fortune Teller Bar at 2635 Cherokee. Uh, 
It's a fortune to tell her to bar. It's fortune teller bar. I hate that. I love it. Uh, <laughs> those are th- big thanks to our sponsors. Mad love for you guys. Uh, all right. So where do we leave off? We were. Uh, I'm pretty all sure the they people were on the boat. They were rescuing the people. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got. Uh, we have about 15 minutes left to cover. <laughs> That's all new. Has it been that long? Yeah, already? dude. Uh, um, and so we've got 10 people on the boat, and uh, the guy. Is it Snack Guy or is it one of the other black guys? Uh, the one that get, wants to get on the computer. Yeah. No, it was okay. Snack Guy. It yeah. was okay. So uh, he um, one of the one of the guys like walks over and sits down, opens up the computer, and like he has he sits down, and this uh, this other guy who hasn't been named and is never named. No. Uh, just says, "Hey, who told you could use that computer?" Right. And the guy says, "Oh, I think, I think it's Tom. It wasn't Food Guy. It was the other guy. It was Tom." And Tom says. Oh man, uh, my phone broke. I was just trying to get on the Wi-Fi. Oh, I thought he was trying to charge it. No, he said he was looking for the Wi-Fi. Oh, and uh, and the guy's like, "Hey, you can't just you, you can't just use all the power. This isn't your this isn't this isn't the computer at your mama's house, man." <laughs> and they get like real like it's, aggro with each other for a second. And Tom's like, "All right, man, chill. I'll it's leave." Like, nobody said he couldn't use the computer. Right. Uh, and then there's just we're just gonna like kind of summarize. There's this weird scene like there. Uh, Joshua and this weird Nick Kroll-looking guy oh, yeah. are uh, are out on the deck. Oh, yeah. He loses his lucky hat. He loses his lucky, lucky hat. Yeah, so this guy, he's like, oh, man, that was my lucky hat. And someone else says, it wasn't doing you any good, man. Uh, and then, it's because uh, he was bald. And then the sky starts changing, and the sky gets dark, uh, and it's the the oxygen is like decreasing the, the ozone, ozone layer depletes yeah and all of a sudden the sun starts burning their skin off which is that is that really what's gonna happen when like the, the ozone yeah st- okay stop using aerosol cans yeah guys god that's bad PSA yeah so so Kyle loses his lucky hat and then immediately like the his... ozone layer decimates and he gets covered in the sunburn yeah and they get and Josh says get inside and the guy yeah. says what get inside <laughs> your head your head is falling <laughs> off Get inside. He's like, ah, I can feel my skull. I can feel oh, my skin falling off. Uh, and this this other this other woman that they they picked up she's looks out and says, I learned first aid during mm-hmm. when I was a preschool teacher, but I don't know about this. And then Josh gives him the first aid gives her the first aid kit, says, Here, do what you can. And she bandages him up like surprisingly well. Yeah. Um She knew what she was doing. What else happens? She just uh, needed to believe in herself. Food guy Greg. So okay, so so some some guy sits down next to Greg and uh, the, who, who was the one the the lifeboat and says, "So do you do a lot of uh, camping?" <laughs> and Greg, and was, Greg's like, "No." <laughs> oh, mostly white water rafting. It was Phil. It was, what? Was yeah, it's just Phil. Phil. Like, I, don't know, I saw you with the uh, with the raft. I assume that you uh, you must do some white water rafting. Man, what are you doing? Do I look like I want to get to know you? Uh-huh. And then this older black guy comes up and says, "Hey, man, he didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> it's like a." It's like a, uh, like a, uh, like it was like watching Friday or Boys in the Hood, like right. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> gathering up all the young thugs in Compton, and we gotta stick together. Like, we gotta stop feeding into our own. Com- he starts talking about gentrification. Hey, shout out to Boys in the Hood, man. I watched that the other day. I did a double feature of Boys in the Hood in the Notebook. Uh, wow, what a night! <laughs> it's fantastic. You need to find a job. <laughs> yeah, somebody hire me. Uh, and so, uh, he's like, hey man, he didn't mean anything by it. And so Greg's like, okay, hey man, I was just messing with you. My name's Greg. What's your name? And he says, Phil. Are you asking or telling? <laughs> he's like, so this is a question. It's Phil. Are you sure? 
Yeah, I'm sure. And so it, then Phil... it, it's worth noting that when this interaction <laughs> happened, Sam made the comment, what are you asking? And then right as Sam said that, the guy in the... T- the character, the food guy, right? Go rent my new movie, Ocean's <laughs> Rising. That's what I've been doing. Sam is a writer on this yeah. movie. <laughs> and also Alex Carnes stars in it. Uh, local, uh, local comedian, <laughs> Alex Carnes. Alex, uh, if you're listening to this, get on get on Netflix and go watch Ocean's Rising. Dude, the, you did very well. We're very proud of you. <laughs> Happy to see a local talent making it big, man. You make a really sexy scientist. Oh, my God. Ugh. And it's just all these like really just weird, hostile interactions happen. We don't... Like, half of the characters, we don't ever even learn their names. Nope. Uh, they're just bodies there. They're just... They're just, body, they just the, the old black guy, is wasn't he an electrician in the Navy? Yeah, we find... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We find that out, like, like an hour into the movie. Like, right when it's convenient. <laughs> right when they have to do, like, some electricity stuff. Yeah. Oh, the... Oh, okay, so... Let's... Since we only have a little bit of time left, we sure. gotta talk about... The elect the electrocution scene. Okay, so um, they they steer the boat to like some science base where yeah. there's like where these these two soldiers are um, filling. Doing they're making sandbags sand, and they're yeah. making like a seawall. And Pam gets off the boat and starts demanding to see uh, their commanding officer. Yeah, and the soldiers like it's just the two of us and some refugees. It's like, all right, well, whoever you can find, any able-bodied men, we need the seawall built, mm-hmm. which is literally what they're doing. Right. Like she just... literally just comes onto this now essentially a military base and right. starts telling these soldiers to do. And and you don't find this out until the very end of the movie, but this is just like a big circular island surrounded by water with giant walls up for whatever reason. Okay, you understand that it's an island because the Earth. No, flooded, yeah, right? I know it's an island, okay. because, but like. It's still like, would, I don't understand, did they prep for this exact situation? No, I think it was just like a secure science base, and so like, I, I think those walls were already... Okay, it's worth mentioning, this is where one of the Hadron Colliders was supposed to be. Yes, That they needed, yeah. Uh, and so, all these people get off the boat and start helping to... Well, most three of, the people, of them. Most of the people got, some people got off the boat and start helping to build the sand wall. Food guy doesn't. Jo- food, Greg does not. No. Greg and Josh and Mel, who's the old hard of hearing guy, uh, and Phil and fake Nick Kroll, <laughs> and then the pre K teacher, uh, they keep sailing to Boulder, I guess. No, mm-hmm. so they keep they keep sailing somewhere to try and find another hadron collider. Mm-hmm. Uh, to oh, it was to um, they saw they sailed to France. Yeah. From Galveston to France. Literally. In like 30 minutes. They actually went to France. Uh, and so while they're selling to France, Pam and her motley crew uh, of survivors have just taken over. Like they're in charge of this base now for some reason. Right. Um, and the the young mother, like they, they finished building the sand wall like really quickly. Like, imp- like, like impressively quickly. I'm, I'm proud of them. Uh, and... Literally, as they celebrate. Oh wait, wait, we we haven't built up the relationship with the mom. So right before this, there's a scene. So that this was the uh, Spanish mother mm-hmm. and her son. Yes, and they're sitting in the base, and we find out that the mother had multiple children and had a husband, and her other kids drowned, and she was upset at the kid that survived. 
because apparently he was a really good swimmer. He treads water for days. But still clung to her because he's needy. He's like like eight? Yeah, at the at like seven or eight. Right. So like mom is terrible. She's like yelling at him the whole movie. Clearly bad relationship. And then she storms out to where they're building the seawall. Listen, she's going through a lot. You're not going to come on my show and vilify well, look. recently widowed mothers, Brendan. Okay, you, I'm but... Sorry, I'm messing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was clearly characterized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so so, the, so they finish building the seawall, and then immediately afterwards, she steps backward into a pool of water and is electrocuted. Well, the electric... Okay, so... There's out right outside the seawall where they're standing. There's like a power line yeah. that starts to like sway, and the cheesiest electricity effects they can muster like are the lines are snapping, and then it falls into the water. I don't know how it. Apparently, the whole ocean is electrified now. Yeah, and she steps back into a puddle that was on the ground entirely separate from the ocean. Just there's no connection at all, and just gets violently electrocuted. And then uh, Tom, the guy that wanted to check what that needs to check his uh, his Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, is surprised by this and falls backward and grabs a pole, and he's mm-hmm. also electrocuted. Yeah, and uh, because conduction, because conduction, <laughs> and then uh, one of the other guys like tackles him. Oh, the guy that stopped him from getting on the computer right. tackles him and is also executed and says, I told you not to mess with another man's power. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, man. Uh, and so so the, mo- the young mother for like 30 seconds is just standing and being oh, electrocuted, foaming, foaming at the, the mouth, mouth. and like, like Pop Rocks and Pepsi and just falls over. Uh, she's done that. She's, she's dead. got like she's burn big, marks she's all big over. dead. And big dead. <laughs> And Tom is like really upset. Like he's like heartbroken. Uh, and I'm just like staring at her. So now Pam has to go tell uh, young Ron. <laughs> oh yeah, this kid's name is Ron. For like for no reason. What just, was his brother's name? Uh, like, pa- Pablito. Pablito and Ron. Pablito, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and maybe it was short for Ronito. Ronito. Come on. <laughs> uh, and so she she has to. Go back in and tell Ron yeah. that his mother has an accident. And she tells him in the most long-winded, least sensitive... Oh, man. And so she says, your mother had an accident outside, <laughs> and she's not going to be okay. That's, that's what she says. Do you understand what I'm telling you? She literally beats around the bush. Uh, and so Ron starts crying, of course. And she just she's telling you know no matter you're gonna make her so proud and no matter where she is or where you are she's always gonna be with you which you can't tell a seven year old like you like right. I, like you got you can't say hey, your mom's dead but she's always gonna be here yeah. like I, and then like she like reassures him that his mom loved him but like it didn't st- <laughs> she no, clearly nothing. Which you shouldn't tell him that she hates him, but like, right. you, don't, you don't have any kind of like not hierarchical evidence to prove that. Right. Uh, meanwhile, while this is all going on, uh, Joshua and his gang are at sea, and, uh, and they get a leak somehow. Oh yeah. Just out of nowhere, they get a leak, and 
the the pre-K teacher says uh, we're sinking, and Josh says we're not sinking, we're just treading water. She says that's what sinking means. <laughs> and so for the rest of that scene, he keeps saying we've taken on too much water, but he refuses to say we're sinking. He just he white mans the hell out of it. Oh yeah, just refuses to acknowledge that they are sinking. And so he says we got we got to we got to lose uh, we 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 got to lose seven hundred pounds. We got to start throwing things off, throw throw off like furniture. Uh, clothes, food, and then Greg says we can't throw off the food. Oh yeah, uh, this is food guy. This is food guy that wants to know they had food before he got on the boat. And then he goes. And Greg just goes and finds a gun, like in the storeroom. <laughs> this this gun, we had no prior knowledge of this gun at all. It wasn't right. brought up earlier. There was no like, like oh we've got this gun. We might need this later. Sure. No. Nothing like he that. He just grabs the gun, starts pointing it at Josh, and says, "Hey, man." Josh says, "You don't want to do this, Greg." And he like tries to, and then immediately tries to rush at Greg, and Greg shoots him in the arm. Of course. Now let's. Uh, Josh is literally the only person that can save the world at this point. And what's his name? Jeff. Greg. Greg. Uh, Greg God. loves Stroganoff, dude. His mom used to make it for him when he was sad. He's real sad right now, so he needs a Stroganoff. Yeah. Uh, and so, so Josh says, "Greg's in charge." Fake Nick Kroll says, you can't put him in charge. <laughs> Josh says, he put himself in charge. Just do what he says. What do you want to do, Greg? And then Greg says, I don't know. Let's just do what you said. <laughs> they have a, they have, there's a, like a three and a half minute scene where they're throwing stuff off the boat and the scene ends with them. Well, let's Greg just saying, throw some Greg of the saying, food. Okay, you can throw off some of the food. Uh, and Mel, the old guy, is like in the bathroom. He's been in the bathroom for like 20 minutes. Did, and, did he ever come back out? Do we uh, ever see yeah, him we see him again. Okay. We see him again, and so uh, he speak. He tell. He, they get to friends. Oh right, right. So uh, like Greg is like Josh just keeps making. Josh is suddenly in charge again. Like yeah. he starts giving everybody orders and says, like, "Mel, you just keep doing whatever the hell you're doing in that bathroom." Josh, Josh has that uh, that big guy energy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the BD. Uh, and so the next scene, they land on some just somewhere. On a shore somewhere, on what looks like an island. We don't, and so it's they're, the Alps. It's the Alps, yeah. So, uh, which I thought was a joke because I, at this point in the movie, we're, we're like an hour and five minutes in. Yeah, I like I didn't know that they were sailing to France from Texas. Like that was the first we'd heard of it. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're at, he just knows they're at the base of the Alps. Right, uh, and so it's him and the pre-K teacher and Greg are all mm-hmm. walking together. They're all very chummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, considering Greg just shot him, and Greg disappears uh, and is replaced by Mel, and then they hear glass breaking. Greg goes and finds a van mm-hmm. and has a map that shows where they are, and says, uh, "I can drive us where we need to go." As soon as I, as I start to staying, if y'all don't mind a little broken glass, <laughs> that crazy, that wacky <laughs> zany Greg, and so they make it to this military base uh, in the Alps, and. It's a bunch of French soldiers that only speak French, mm-hmm. and uh, like no one else speaks French except. And Mel says, uh, "I don't speak French, and I am hard of hearing." In French. In French. In French says, "I don't speak French, and I am hard of hearing." Uh, Josh gets out of the van. He gets into it with the with the soldier. He starts asking for Doctor Zakri. So yeah, it just happens to end up at the base where Doctor Zakri is. Well, yeah, they were. I mean, they were going. Yeah, right. they. As far as as far as we know, right. And they lost their navigation software on the boat, and right. so they had no idea. And starts demanding to see Dr. Zakri, 
And so this soldier has like Josh's shot arm, specifically his shot arm, twisted behind his back. <laughs> and he got pushed up against the the van, the wall, and then Doctor Zagree comes running out saying, "He's with me. He's with me. I know him." And so now everything's immediately cool. Right. Uh, and the guard asks what should be done with the van, and Josh looks at him and says, "Park it." <laughs> The final 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> there's there's like, there's two more things that have to, well, three more things that have to happen in this movie. Uh, one is the resolution to the problem that they're having. Yes. The, then they have the, they have a, they've been introducing this other issue with the solution. So like, they have to create two black holes. So you have the inherent problem of having two black holes created. Mm-hmm. So they have to deal with that. And then the mo- the third thing is the movie has to end. There's 15 minutes left in this movie. Including credits. Including credits. And we're just waiting. Uh, at some point, Pam goes in to check on little Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is very sad. And she's, she asks him if he's okay. He won't answer. She says, maybe if you tell me what's bothering you, I can help. <laughs> His whole family just died, but she doesn't know what's wrong with him. And so he says, uh, nobody wants me. Everybody keeps leaving me. Nobody will ever want me. And Pam says, that's not true. Hey, Ron, do you want to come live with me? I'd love it if you come live with me. You don't have a house. Like, the world is underwater. He lives with you right now. And this is your home. Well. Uh... And so, and also, they're, they're webcamming at this point. Oh, like yeah. Pam's yeah. gang Because they have internet. Yeah. Pam's gang and Josh's, Joshua's gang are, like, Skyping with each other. Uh, they're at... The Josh's gang is at CERN. Yeah. And then the... That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So then they, they do the thing where they, they create the two black holes yeah. with the uh, Adam... Thingies and the and the graphics for this just oh, look like a, like an early version of the Death Star. It looks thing. so. T- it literally, I'm pretty sure they were like, "Hey, is there any like old Star Wars footage that they that didn't they, use?" I think they just like I think they traded George Lucas um, three packs of Pop Rocks for yeah. this fo- early footage, this <laughs> B roll of the Death Star, uh, and so the beams start flowing out, but now they can't be stopped. They're too strong. What are we gonna do? It's, well, it's they, gonna overheat. They stopped the first one. Uh huh. Because, okay, so they they create the black holes. Right. They're all amazed that the black holes are stable. The the people at CERN with Josh shut down theirs, but then the panel overloads in Co- Colorado. Is that where they were at? Uh, no, I don't know no, where they are. Where They're they like New at Jersey the, or something. At the other one. Right. And so it doesn't shut down. So now this black hole is like eating its way through the Earth's core. Uh, and there's five minutes left in the movie. Yeah. So there's a black hole eating its way to the Earth's core. And they're like, Josh is like, there's only it has 1,800 miles to the Earth's core. That's how long we have. It's Which, like that's, Miles aren't a measurement of time. <laughs> and so Pam says, I know what we have to do. And Josh says, Pam, no, don't. And then, and then Pam leaves breaks. and does whatever she's going to do. And she runs outside. And what she does, like... It's not some, like, amazingly clever thing that, like, only she would have known to do. She literally takes an axe to the power 
cord. Yeah, and just hits the power cord and gets electrocuted. Right. A much more believable electrocution than what happens to That's very true. And she flies back, Mm -hmm. doesn't get impaled by the axe. No. The axe just disappears. Just drops it. Uh, And then everything stops, and and Josh says, it's fixed. Yeah, uh, the the, uh, well, it shows a graphic of, like, the... The black hole almost making it to the Earth core, but then it dissipates. Right. And then a minute later, it shows another graphic of the thing dissipating yeah. too. So it does it twice for some reason. Yeah. And, uh, and so in the Alps, everybody's cheering on uh, Josh for his quick thinking. And Josh wants to know what happened to Pam. Uh, and he gets, a, he gets a phone call from Pam's cell phone. Sam says, Pam. Oh, Pam, thank God. I thought you were dead. I'm so happy to hear from you. And he goes, Pam, Pam, are you crying? And it's Ron. Dang it. It's Ron. <laughs> All right, 57, uh, 11. Uh, <laughs> Gotta watch my mouth. And then uh, it's, it's Ron. It's Ron. And says, Mr. Joshua, it's Miss Pam. She's, she's gone. <laughs> I was going to live with her. <laughs> and now she's gone. And Josh says, I thought I was going to live with her, too. Since we both thought we were going to live to her, why don't we live <laughs> together? And then immediately Pam wakes up. Because oh, yeah, she understands what a bad father Josh would be. Uh, and then she's just fine. She just Yeah, she's good. She, she gets up. No uh, residual side and effects. And she takes the phone and she says, uh, do you, can you, Josh, can you stand me now? Oh, yeah. And Josh says, absolutely not. And if which you ever is... try to walk out on me, I'll never forgive you. Which he's <laughs> he the did. only one that's walked out on anybody <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Uh, this movie is an hour and twenty minutes long. We just took an hour to tell it to you guys, and skip had to skip a lot. <laughs> we skipped about twenty minutes worth of stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so that's what we that's what we did with our morning. Yeah. Uh, we've still got an afternoon to make up for it and do something productive. Uh, I'm Probably. gonna go to a, I'm gonna go to a hiring fair at IKEA. Nice. Uh, and what are you gonna do today? Uh, it's my day. I'm going to Lake St. Louis, baby. Yeah. Gonna party it up out hey, there. Hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys um, for listening to this, and expect a lot more episodes uh, yeah. like this. This uh, tune in uh, Tuesday through Thursday for Chris Sear with Employed Company, and Fridays with Yale Hogner and Annalise Coker for uh, Wind Down Friday. And God bless. She was a